This is the Mark Milton Show with a Smash with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney Mark Milton and the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. Wearing my six shooter, riding my pony on a cat and drive. All right, yeehaw, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with the Smash coming at you from the Miller Furniture Studios with locations in Belleville, Lake St. Louis, and now Ellisville on Manchester, 1.2 miles east of Clarkson Road. Very special guest today, Smash, here on 590, 590 The Fan. We have the great Mark McCloskey. Uh, That six-shooter intro, uh, Mr. McCloskey, is sort of fitting. That's actually our intro song every every week. Um, But thank you for joining the show. Um, Obviously, you know, you, you became famous uh last year uh really you know worldwide i mean obviously here in st louis uh, but it was a worldwide story and you have now uh decided you are going to run for the u.s senate uh mark tell us why you're running for the u.s senate well you know it really wasn't my decision uh i guess the quickest way of saying it is you know a year and two weeks ago god came knocking on my door disguised as an angry mob and uh, most people don't realize that there were two separate assaults on the house one that happened on june 28th which made all the news and went worldwide but then they vowed to come back that friday on july the third specifically to kill us and burn down the house and that was the more harrowing of the two events and on that occasion we had some support from the white house and from colonel west down in texas and we ended up having an assault by a thousand angry mobsters and but we had six ex-Navy SEALs, 10 secondary employment cops, the FBI light aircraft circling the house. We had uh, what we used to call in the Reagan administration, peace through superior firepower, and and held them off. Wow. But uh, that was the night that the president gave his Mount Rushmore address. And I couldn't listen to it that night because Patty and I were a little busy saving our rear ends. But I listened to it the next morning. And uh, President Trump talked about defeating Marxist extremism in this country. And then I listened to the mainstream media response, and they called that the most divisive speech a president could give. And we said to ourselves, you know, holy, you know what? If it's gotten to the point in this country where defeating Marxism in the United States is divisive, like we're supposed to live in harmony with the forces that want to kill us, destroy our country, destroy our way of life, and destroy our culture, there's something enormously wrong in this country. And we decided to just put our lives on hold and do whatever we could for the rest of our lives to try to save this country and pull back our freedoms. And so we went to work for the Trump campaign. And then we spent the, the rest of the fall, well, summer and fall, uh, working for, for uh, the president, going on tour twice through Pennsylvania on the Team Trump bus and going through Texas twice with Colonel Allen West and doing Oklahoma and Missouri and Kansas. And what we found throughout the country was that everybody's just sick and tired of the status quo sick and tired of the constant progression of the left, sick and tired of both Republicans and Democrats just talking about stuff, but nothing material ever happening to try to restore our freedoms and restore our individual liberties. And, and, and another thing happened along the campaign trail. I mean, when you work for the president, you work your rear end off. We were doing seven rallies a day through Pennsylvania, plus stops at contributors' offices and supportive restaurants and businesses. And so... 10, 12, 14 times a day, I'd get off the bus and um, and make a presentation and get a chance to just talk to ordinary people throughout the country. 
And what we learned is on just about every occasion, there'd be somebody who had a story of the personal inter intervention of the Lord in their lives. People that are having a hard time making their miracle happen. And then something happened that inspired them, that they gave them direction and motivation and, and improved their lives. And Patty and I just realized that that's what was happening to us, that we had, we had received a calling that was beyond us. And, you know, a month ago or so, when we were driving up to the state Lincoln-Reagan days in Kansas City, I looked over in the car where we now live, unfortunately, um, and said to Patty, is this really what we want to do? And she said, it's not up to us. It's, it's already been decided. Wow, that's quite a story, wow. and I know I know that uh, Patty's really? been with you every step of the way, and uh, I'm glad you I, you you talked about the initial incident because I, I wasn't going to get into that, but I also think it's important to clarify for listeners who aren't familiar with with where you lived, um, because what frustrated me and angered me is that that's not a public street, that's not a that's not a public walkway. There's no reason for you know at the time the media said that people were walking to the mayor's house to protest, and that 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 explanation just doesn't hold water. So tell the listeners exactly what happened that day. All right. And and by the way, the the flyer, one of the one of the advantages to criminals living in the city of St. Louis is you don't have any fear of a retribution or reprisal. So when you can have a mob action in St. Louis, you can advertise it. And Corey Bush and Rasheen Aldridge's uh, an organization, Expecto St. Louis, put out a flyer saying they're going to have a mob action in our neighborhood. They're going to go protest uh, in front of the mayor's house. And then it had a line that says, plus, we have a surprise. Well, I think we were the surprise. Um, as, your, as your listeners may know, we live in what's called a private place. Uh, 120 years ago or so, when St. Louis was a dirty industrial town, uh, people that wanted to live out in the country would go out buy a plot of farm, farmland, put a wall around it, build the streets, the sidewalks, the houses, the utilities, and it was all private property. And our, our house on Portland Place is in one of those neighborhoods. Every bit of that inside the walls is as private as your own living room. So that day, on June 28th, on the first event, uh, the mob came down Kings Highway, three to 500 of them smashed down the gate coming into our yard and uh, started threatening us with our lives and arson and rape and pillage and everything else. And when the gate first got smashed down, I stood out in the corner of the porch and I said those two most racist white supremacist words known to the English language. I said, private property. And being communist, that pissed them off. <laughs> they, started, they started coming in even ever so much more so. And then uh, uh, Patty and our daughter, who is who'd come down from Chicago to have dinner with us that night, uh, ran inside to call 911. I ran inside and I grabbed my AR-15 and came back out on the porch and started asking the, the, those, those forces of uh, inclusion and diversity that, that have the moral high ground that decided the best way to show their love and affection for us was to threaten to kill us. I stood out there with my AR and I told them to get the hell out of my neighborhood. But they just kept storming in more and more and more and, and you know, including guys in body armor and carrying weapons. And I think I think Patty's in the house calling 911. All of a sudden, I see her show up in the grass between me and the mob, right in front of the mob, waving that dumbass little Brico pistol over her head. It's <laughs> uh, not I'm, funny. I'm, I shouldn't laugh, but that was a funny description. Because that had to be yeah. terrifying. I can't imagine. It had to be and, terrifying. And, uh, she's... She's just feet from the first, you know, the, the line of protesters, yeah. if we call them that. I call them mobsters. Um, and now I've got a problem because I don't have a clean line of fire. She's between me and the mob. And if somebody does something to her, I can't really put off a shot because I, I have a risk of hitting her. You know, we've been married for 36 years. I didn't want to accidentally put a bullet in her. 
So now, now I've got to go out in the Accidentally grass. Accidentally being the key word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she's right here in the car, so I got to be nice. <laughs> okay. Hi, Mrs. McCloskey. Um, <laughs> I'm hearing this voice, so you be nice. Okay. We'll try. Continue, um, sir, please. Um, but so then I come out and have to come out on the front of the house, and those are the pictures you see. And, you know, yeah. when, when uh, Smash says all over the world, we've gotten uh, cards and letters of support from all 50 states, every country in Europe, South America, New Zealand, Australia, even from Russia, although I suspect that Russia, when you were all, it's probably all fake news, right? Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, the, the picture, you, the one picture you see, I always talk about, where uh, you see me leaning over my left shoulder, holding my AR and talking to Patty. Yeah. At that moment, there were two guys in body armor that were approaching us on the front porch. The one guy pulls out two magazines from his ammo pouches, points them at me so I can see they're loaded with the shells, clicks them together, points at me and says, you are next. Guy standing next to him has got body armor on, full face covering the whole Antifa stuff. So all you can see is a slit of his eyes. He turns around. It's got human shield written on the back of his armor, and he's packing a sidearm. And so they keep creeping forward. And what I'm saying when I'm leaning over to Patty is, if that guy comes any closer, I'm going to have to kill him. Mm. And Patty leans over to me, and she says, you're not killing anybody tonight. And that's a voice of reason. But if you look carefully at the picture, you'll see that I turned the selector switch on the AR to the fire position. Wow. And then I, wow. Then I, it, it was that close to being, you know, that kind of a confrontation. Well, thank God uh, that but, didn't, yeah, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I'm Absolutely. glad you guys, I'm glad you guys are safe. But um, I do want to talk, we're talking to Mark McCloskey, Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate. Uh, here on the Mark Milton Show with the Smash. So let's talk about the campaign trail. You guys, you said earlier you're basically living in your car. I saw you down in southwest Missouri this last weekend. Uh, what's the reaction been like? What are you hearing on the ground uh, from, from folks who are attending these events? Well, you know, we, we are getting a great response. I mean, uh, we I guess we met down at uh, uh, U.S. Attorney General John Ashcroft's farm where uh, Secretary of State Mike, uh, Mike Pompeo was there. Great event there, even in the pouring rain. But uh, we've been doing one or more things a day, uh, virtually every day since we've announced. We've had tremendous popular support. In the second quarter reporting period, I only announced my candidacy 44 days before the end of the reporting period. We had 12,318 separate uh, individual contributors, wow. average contribution of about 31 bucks. I mean, many, many, many times you know, more individual supporters than, uh, than any other candidate. And uh, if you do uh, the if you divide our number of days in the campaign by our total recovery for the period, uh, we're doing as much per diem recovery as, as more than anybody except for Eric Schmidt. And even with Eric Schmidt, having never had a campaign before and having no idea what the heck I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Eric Schmidt. He's the attorney general running for the Senate seat. This field seems to be swelling. You have former former governor uh, Eric Greitens. You have uh, Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler. Rumors of others jumping in, like Billy Long from Southwest Missouri and Jason Smith in Southeast Missouri. What separates you from those who are in the field now and those who may jump in later? Well, amongst other things, you know, uh, I've never been a politician before. I mean, if you get if you get guys who go the normal route, where they progress up the ladder of politics, two things you can say. One is that if they're going to really make a significant difference in the world, we'd have seen some evidence of it already. The second is that by the time you climb the ladder of politics or where you've been your city council person or your, or your county commissioner and then uh, Missouri House of Representatives and Missouri Senate and then some statewide office, 
by the time you get to D.C., you're dragging so much baggage behind you, so much lobbyist support, so many big donor obligations that when the close questions are called, the people that you answer to are not necessarily the people that elected you, but the people that have funded you and supported you economically and supported you politically for all these years. I'm completely free of that. I mean, I'm probably I'm probably too naive to know what kind of you know monster I've kicked in the rear, but I don't have any of those obligations. All I am is a you know mid-level nobody lawyer that uh, decided to try to make a difference. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, you know, campaigning for Donald Trump and, you know, all the uh, onlookers think that Trump's endorsement in this race is going to be so critical. Have you spoken to President Trump about this race and where do you see, you know, do you see him giving an endorsement to anybody in the primary? You know, I have not spoken to the president about this and I would love to have his endorsement. I think his endorsement would be very valuable. I know that uh, he has... Um, other friends in the fight. I mean, I, the, Jason Smith, for example, the uh, Eighth District Congressman. Uh, he and I are on the Team Trump bus together, and and we're good friends. He's not announced yet, but he's uh, he's been at a lot of the same campaign events that I've been at. And I know the president likes him. I know the president likes us. Uh, and I know that the president's son gr son's girlfriend is uh, managing Eric Greitens' campaign. Right. So all kinds of interesting little. Uh, yeah perhaps contradictory elements here. Well, you know, one of the things, Mr. McCloskey, that uh, I gathered off of this whole deal and noticed off this whole deal is that you, of course, were called a racist on many occasions, probably still are, because that's a, a term that they uh, want to scare you with, and I guess for a lot of people it does scare you, but I uh, don't perceive you as such, and I'll tell you why. Because at the time that this all came down, were you not handling a case for a young black man out in Kansas City, and have you not done cases for the black community, whether it be paid and or pro bono, wherein you could say, no, I'm not a racist, I'm a man who helps a man? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the, the real answer to that question is, is yes on, on two levels. One is when they broke down my gate, I didn't pay attention to the race or the, or the yeah. heritage yeah. of anybody. I didn't look at anybody's birth certificates or, or anything else. Um, what I saw was an angry mob coming in through my through my gate but yeah i've represented um, what i do for a living is i represent people that are having the hard time people that whose rights have been violated who've been injured through the negligence of others and yeah i've represented people uh, against police departments for unnecessary force i represent a young man right now who's uh, sitting in the eastern correctional center uh and uh uh, after he surrendered to the police, another officer came up and kicked him repeatedly in the head. Oh, and boy. after he was actually restrained, a third police officer on his own dash cam, you can see, come up and kick him squarely in the chest while he's already in the custody of two other police officers. So, you know, when your rights are violated, it doesn't make any difference what you, what your your race is. I mean, and and I said this, I say this all the time, 99.9999% of all police officers out there do their job very conscientiously and very carefully, but we're all human beings. There's only been one perfect human being, and I don't think he was a police officer. Um, <laughs> and so occasionally when a cop screws up, they should be held accountable, just like when people driving cars screw up. And and we do that. In fact, the, it was uh, the brother of the gentleman we're representing right now who was murdered by the killer that Kim Gardner's office allowed out of jail just last week. Wow. And, and Mark, you also, wow. correct me if I'm wrong, uh, didn't you file one of the first lawsuits uh, challenging critical race theory in Missouri schools? 
not one of. I was the first lawyer in the country to file a lawsuit against any school for critical race theory, and and oddly enough, it's uh, it's the same Catholic school that my daughter went to. Wow, wow, that's that's fascinating stuff. Well, uh, we've got Mark McCloskey here on the Mark Milton Show with the smash. I guess the last thing I would ask you: Let's say you win this thing. Let's say you take it all the way to you know you win the primary in August of 2022, and you win the general in 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 2022 in November. What would you do as a U.S. senator? What would your you know what would your priorities be as a U.S. senator? Well, the first thing that I think we can do is we, you know, the, 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 the carrot that causes everybody to sacrifice their freedoms is the lure of federal dollars. And every time you take a, a, a gift from the federal government, it's no gift. What you're doing is trading freedom for money. And the, and, but, but the flip side of that is that everybody's dependence on federal dollars means you can control their behavior by controlling that flow that's of federal right. dollars. That's right. And that's something that we can do as United States Senate. And, you know, as, as one more real conservative, constitutional or Republican senator, we're not going to change things overnight. If you, if you, well, for example, we have super majorities in both houses of the Missouri General Assembly. And yet out of what, 35 state senators, there's eight that are real conservatives. Out of 165 state representatives, I think there's 40 you can count on to be real conservatives. In the United States Senate, if I get elected there, you'd have me, Josh Hawley, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, John Kennedy, sometimes, uh, um, you know, uh, Ted Cruz, uh, but the, we'll never make up in the short term a true majority of even the Republican senators. But what we can make up is a majority of voices of the people here, and we can be a powerful force for awakening the population for the need of each and every one of us to take a personal role in fighting for our own freedoms, whether it's at the school board level or county commission level or state house level or state senate level. Each and every one of us needs, needs to make a personal commitment to pulling back our freedoms and restoring the kind of America that we used to have. That's that's well said. Now, talking about conservative values, yeah. one of the knocks on you is that, you know, you're not really Republican. What's your response to that? Because I don't think it's a fair criticism, but what's your response to that when you hear that? Well, you know, I don't know who's spreading. I've, I've had a lot of lies told about me since this hit the, <laughs> the papers a year right. ago. But being calling me a Democrat's the worst. I mean, I, what I do is I have a, a, a set of photographs that I send to everybody that says that that shows me. Uh, from the time that I look like I'm not shaving yet with the Republican politicians, uh, uh, Roy Blunt before he was a senator, uh, John Ashcroft before he was governor, uh, Jim Talent, Newt Gingrich when he was a uh, speaker, Ali North. If you look at Ali North's video endorsement of me, he'll tell you that we've been friends for over 30 years. I've been a lifetime Republican, a real ardent anti-communist my whole life. And for people to spread the rumor, and I see it all the time. I, there's a there's a Facebook thread right now where some guy is swearing up and down. I'm a lifelong Democrat, um, despite the fact that right above his uh, tirade about that, I've got all the pictures posted of me with every major Republican going back to, like I say, before I needed razor blades. <laughs> Mr. McCloskey, smash again. Uh, just to, to slide over to another side, you know, a lot of times in, in running for office, the folks want to know your your lifestyle. And I'm just wondering, has this, you running for office, has this situation uh, back on, on your street and at your house a year or so ago, has this altered date night for you and uh, Mrs. McCloskey? <laughs> I mean, no more Olive Garden or what happened to you folks? Well, you know, here's, here's the thing. We, when we first went out, first time we went out to dinner after this event, we went to Herbie's in Clayton yeah. and we got a standing ovation. Oh, okay? really? Wow. Yeah. 
And so it's been, it depends on where you go, of course. But, sure. uh, you know, we, we get recognized every place. And, you know, sometimes we'll say, gee, I wish we could have our old life back. But the real world will never have our old life back. Yeah. The, uh, you know, we've, we've practiced together since 1994. We've been married since 1985. Um, but for the last, what, 27 years, we've been sitting across from us, from each other in the same office, being together 24 hours a day. And so we're kind of used to that. And we're, we're a real team. I mean, we, we go every place together. Last night, we were in a packed theater in Marshall, Missouri. The night before that, we were down in Camdenton, putting on a, a big presentation down there. Uh, when I get off the phone with you guys today, I've got a meeting with a critical race theory uh, uh, opponent at 4.30, then an appearance immediately after that. And uh, then we go up to the North County Republican Club later tonight for another presentation. And uh, then it just starts in again tomorrow. And so it's what we do, and, and we're, we're always together. And, and uh, if anything, although our life has been permanently changed, it's uh, done nothing but make us closer. Well, that's great, and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining yep. us here on the Mark Milton Show. That's Mark McCloskey, Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate. And I will say, and you got a huge ovation, a huge response at that grassroots rally last weekend. So we wish you the best, and we thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks, thanks oh, to you th too, Patty. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We really, right. really appreciate it. Sure. Drive sure. safe. Thanks, sir. Thank you. All right. That is Mark McCloskey and his wife, Patty. They're driving the state of Missouri uh, on the campaign trail yeah. for the U.S. Senate. It is amazing to think what it takes to run for something like that because yeah, you right literally right. are going to be on the road 24 7. Yeah. And then look, that's a year out. A year away is the primary, yeah. August 2022. So they're already on the campaign trail, hitting every event they can. Can you imagine how driven these folks are based on what hap happened to them? I mean, I cannot look. You can make all the caricatures of Mikoski's yes, that right. you want, and certainly the media has done that. But there's no doubt, if faced with what they faced, how terrifying that would have been, yeah. and how I can't sit in judgment of anybody who did what you know, doing what they did. I can't say I would right. have had the courage to do it. Go yeah. inside and get my AR-15 and stare See, stare down a crowd. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like that had to be terrifying. And I think that gets overlooked through the whole, yeah. you know, the whole story. Um, and, and obviously, as you can tell, I mean, he's passionate about, you know, what he believes in and he feels, I mean, he's, right. he's a legitimate candidate. He's, yeah. he's going to be in this, I think through the end and it'll be very interesting to see how it shakes out. Who are they all trying to unseat? So the seat is currently, uh, right. Senator Roy Blunt, Roy Blunt has decided he's not going to run again. So that's yeah. sort of opened the floodgates and you've Shoo. got attorney general, Eric Schmidt is a yeah. friend of mine who's running, uh, former governor, Eric Greitens, who resigned in disgrace yeah, is also that. running. So, I mean, you've got some pretty big names running, but Mark McCloskey has that name ID, and name yeah. ID in politics is so important. You also have uh, Vicki Hartzler, who's a congresswoman from, from middle Missouri who's running. Yeah. Um, Billy Long, the auctioneer, is a congressman from southwest Missouri. Uh, then an Jason auctioneer. auctioneer. He's, a, he's a professional auctioneer. Well, that fast talking's going to uh, work in Congress. If you've ever seen the clip, he interrupted a protester at a House hearing by just auction. He started auctioneering right there in the middle of the House <laughs> chamber. It was pretty entertaining. I forgot about that. And That's right. Current Congressman Jason Smith, who's down in the boot hill, he's also talking about yeah. running. So, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot if you've got seven, eight people Sheesh. running. Do you think that you dilutes, could have 15, 20 percent when you have 20, you could have a 22 percent vote getter win the primary yeah but doesn't that dilute the whole thing i don't know i mean that's yeah. up to I, I mean what do you the alternative is there's been a proposal to make it so you have a runoff if nobody yeah, gets 51 percent. Right. that's currently not law in missouri so uh, as it stands whoever gets the most or, votes yeah. right wins the primary and wow. goes on to the general election now what's really interesting is there's talk of jay nixon former governor democratic governor really entering the race 
you know, if, if, if a guy like Greitens were to win or if a yeah. guy like McCloskey were to win, because the idea is, oh, well, they could be beat in a general election. I still don't believe that. I, I think any one of these Republican candidates will win the general election, mm -hmm. but it doesn't. It, it would present an interesting situation for a guy like Jay Nixon, who's more of a moderate Democrat, to jump into the race and at the late stage and try to win the general. Now, I will say, Jay Nixon, in my opinion, you know, went out with a complete whimper as governor. Yeah. I mean, he was governor when Ferguson happened, showed a tremendous yeah, lack I of leadership. That's right. That's um, right. Basically just allowed the city of St. Louis to implode. So I think he'd have a lot of questions to answer if he were to get in the race, especially if he were facing a Greitens or a yeah. uh, McCloskey in that scenario. I think if, if a guy like Eric Schmidt wins, I don't think you're going to see Jay Nixon get in. How does a guy like Greitens who went out uh, controversially, how does he get back and uncontroversialize himself to say, listen, I got jacked around. This is his words. I got jacked around, but I'm back. Vote for me. Well, here's how he does it. It's the witch hunt narrative. It's the same yeah, thing that worked good. with Donald right. Trump. Right. It's, hey, because I, I mean, there, there is truth to that. I mean, yeah. Greitens made mistakes, you know, certainly in his personal life. There's no question about that. But I also do believe that he it, what there was a uh, politically motivated prosecution by the horrible St. Louis City prosecutor, Kim Gardner, to indict him on, on charges that could not be supported by the evidence. And so I think that narrative on the campaign trail is certainly going to play to a Republican grassroots base. Um, you know, whether that would, you know, whether that will work in a general, I don't know, but I think it would have, you know, he's the front runner at this point. I mean, just because of his name ID yeah, and right. some of the polling I've seen. So I do think he has a lot of baggage to, to, to deal with, but that's how you do it. You just mm -hmm. get back on the horse. A lot of these guys are, you know, he's a resilient guy. He's a Marine, all that stuff. And, um, you know, anyone can run. So he's obviously made the decision that he's going to, Get back into politics and and go for it. When is that election? The August twenty twenty two would be the primary. Up. No, it's a full year away. Oh, it's a year. Yeah, it's a year. We're gonna away. be dealing with stuff for a year. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Okay. It's a long. It's a long way away. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash. This great interview with Mark McCloskey, the attorney who's running for the U.S. Senate. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about the city prosecutor Kim Gardner and what's going on in the city right now. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash. Broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios here on 590, 590thefan.com.